You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's the morning after the night before because Moody's Ratings Agency has downgraded South Africa's sovereign credit rating to sub-investment grade from BAA3 to BA1, also known as junk status. With me now is Annabelle Bishop, Chief Economist at Investec in Johannesburg. Annabelle, I honestly thought that we might be given some leniency given what's going on in the international markets because of coronavirus, COVID-19, but clearly not. They'd made up their mind and it couldn't come at a worse time. I think you're right that it really couldn't come at a worse time. You know, the shock to the global system is going to be very substantial from COVID-19. And, of course, you know, the risks are even skewed to the downside. You know, the reality is that after a long process, many warnings, Moody's has finally dropped us to sub-investment grade. And, of course, now we're on BA1. But the key point here is that we're on a negative outlook, which means we obviously could drop further. You know, the negative outlook is also a feature of the Fitch rating, also um, the, the same level. And, of course, S&P Eridas has us a notch lower on double B. So global economic shutdowns in the face of COVID-19 have already caused turmoil in the financial markets ahead of the measures. And of course, on the institution in these economies, many large and small corporates will face severe weakening of balance sheets. And economic effect is believed to be already in the region of the recession of the global financial crisis just a decade ago. In fact, while there are widespread expectations of such a global recession, the uncertainty is also high and it remains unknown how long it'll take to contain the virus and of course how long the global economy will be negatively affected. Yeah, so just to recap, the peers of Fitch, in other words, uh, Standard & Poor's ratings, they downgraded us, yes, on the 3rd of April 2017 uh, to below investment grade following a cabinet reshuffle by the then President Jacob Zuma, lest we forget that. And um, I suppose it's it's been inevitable, but it just seems so strange to me that they've waited so long, Annabelle. But anyway, that's all in the past. What happens now? Well, now Moody's has really talked about what the forward outlook is. And, of course, they've they've talked about downside risks to our economic growth. And, you know, they really basically are saying that they've instituted the negative outlook because they're worried there could be even further risks to our economic growth outlook. You know, we're looking at um, a contraction of 2.7 this year with some small recovery in the second half of the year, but obviously insufficient to, um, to change that figure. And then, of course, looking into 2021, weakish growth. I think the concern certainly that the agency has is that they're worried that these downside risks to South Africa's economic growth and fiscal metrics could lead to an even more rapid and sizable increase in the debt burden and, of course, dropping our debt affordability and really weakening our access to to funding, you know, obviously seeing the bond yields rise substantially. So the, the risk for South Africa is yet another credit rating before the end of this year. Yes, indeed. Obviously, the markets are very thin over the weekend and last night as well. But I'm looking at a rand a print that I've got here on a Saturday morning of 1764 against the US dollar, 22 now against the British pound, and uh, close enough to, to 20 against the the euro as well. This is again. I must reiterate, thin conditions, and perhaps on Monday there'll be some measures from the Reserve Bank given this decision to shore up financial markets, but really looking quite bleak. I think you're right. It's quite a bleak, bleak picture. And obviously if, we get, obviously, if we get further credit rating downgrades to our sovereign debt, this would weaken our financial market indicators even further. 
can, of course, add to the volatility and also negatively impact the economic growth and socioeconomic outlook. So, you know, the real worry for South Africa is that we're in a very weak position. And, of course, this could weaken substantially further with the impact of COVID-19. And, of course, you know, even globally, the impact is not fully understood or anticipated how long it will actually last. I think the same as for South Africa. The risk is that the economic shutdown actually persists beyond the 21 days, or even if it does come to an end, then the concern is that the, the weak effects continue to linger substantially. Let's have a look at what it, what it means, again, in the marketplace itself, because uh, I'm reading an article here from Fin24. It says, the downgrade means that the South African government bonds would ordinarily be removed from the WGBI, the World Government Bond Index, resulting in outflows which on the top end could be as much as $11 billion. However, FTSE Russell, which administers the WGBI, have put a pause on the portfolio rebalancing for at least a month. And um, that, that, I suppose that's a stay of execution and things can happen between now and then. Well, I think also as well that when we did originally join the index fund, we obviously were in a situation where things were improving substantially in South Africa, where there was economic growth or, you know, the debt outlook, government finances. And at that stage, the um, indication was certainly given by the manager that they could take up to six months to smooth South Africa's exit from the index. I think, you know, well aware of, of the negative impact that could come on financial markets. I suppose the concern is rather, you know, longer term for South Africa. And, you know, do we persist on a downturn? credit rating trajectory, which we, you know, quite frankly have been on you know, over the past decade. And of course, at what point are we going to start to actually really corral in South Africa's government finances and control them? Because we do already have um, quantitative easing. And of course, this liquidity, well, a number of liquidity measures, including quantitative easing, have actually helped to pull back South Africa's bond yield last week. A lot of people will say, well, this has been priced in already because on December the 31st, the rand was 14 to the US dollar, 1401, in fact, precisely it closed on the 31st. It's now 1764, as I said earlier on. Uh, the bond market, I've, I've had a look at, but it hasn't really changed since the official close at six o'clock on Friday evening. Uh, but I imagine it might come under pressure on Monday morning when the real market comes in and the real traders get back to their desks. But what do you think? Do you think that that is, uh, is folly to say that with what's going on overseas, that everything is, is fine and we might even rally from here? Or do you think there's more pain to come? Not too sure why we'd think everything was fine, <laughs> that we'd be looking for a rally. But I think, you know, certainly the, the, the grave concern very much is that, you know, how severe will this negative impact be? I think certainly the Reserve Bank will be in the market. And I think, you know, that there was a huge amount of liquidity provided, certainly by Friday afternoon. And of course, they probably will stand ready to provide more liquidity as well. I remember also, you know, people looking to liquidate out of bonds if they feel that equities are, you know, quite um, attractive at the moment, given, you know, that the, the, the crash that we've seen in equity bourses around the world. And of course, you know, a number of other factors as well, people perhaps feeling quite risk averse. You know, normal trade in the bond markets, not necessarily linked to the world government bond index. And of course, as well, you know, the movements coming through from the liquidity side, which, you know, we, we can't exactly judge, but I certainly believe the Reserve Bank will be quite supportive there. The last thing they want is, you know, to have an absolute crisis here in South Africa, you know, that, that often is predicated by liquidity, so a severe shortage. So, you know, it's, it's hard to... to um, um, predict exactly what level the government bond would be mm. on Monday, but certainly you'd expect to see very, very choppy trade. You'd expect to see a lot of volatility. And I imagine, you know, obviously when the um, 
markets do open, obviously, to see the conditions go through. The Reserve Bank will obviously have tried to push more liquidity through. Um, and, you know, the reality of the situation is it depends really what happens from here going forwards, what happens in global financial markets, but also what happens in terms of the COVID-19 pandemic and how long it impacts um, the global economy and global financial markets for. And, of course, what happens in South Africa? You know, the concern certainly is that you could see a very, very rapid spread of this virus. And if obviously it's not contained, then, you know, it's going to substantially worsen the economic outlook. But really, even the containment measures that we put in place are unlikely to prevent it from spreading significantly further and placing our healthcare system under strain. So, you know, all of these factors are unknowns. And of course, they also reflect in terms of uncertainty and markets react to uncertainty. Markets react to uncertainty, financial market indicators react to uncertainty, and we will certainly expect to see an impact on South African um, government bond deals as a consequence of that come Monday. Yes, indeed. The COVID-19 announced and known Infections are currently at around about 1,200 uh, and are undoubtedly going to go much higher as more people are tested. Um, let's have a look now at uh, parallels, if we can, to the sort of situation that we're in now that other countries might have been a while ago. Maybe, maybe we should look at Brazil or even look at South Korea. The reason I asked that last question, everything's fine now because all the pain has been taken, was how I should have phrased it. Because I, I believe that when South Korea was downgraded to junk status, it was on its knees, and then suddenly it started to rally from there because, as I said, all the pain had gone away. No more bad news to come. Slightly different this time because of COVID-19. So I would say quite a lot different this time. You know, the reality of the situation is the impact on financial markets for a country when it does see a substantial downgrade, you know, from investment to sub-investment grade, depends on what the global risk environment is. And if you're in a severely negative global risk off environment, which we obviously are, the impact is much more severe very much more severe than when you are on a neutral to risk on environment. And in fact, you know, the downgrade itself will exacerbate financial market turmoil in South Africa and obviously the weakness of the financial market indicators. So, you know, having a look at other countries, as you mentioned, during periods when you have a really neutral to slightly risk on global financial market sentiment environment, then you actually can see substantially less negative hit both to the financial indicators and a quicker recovery. When you're in a very severe risk-off environment, it's actually quite hard to filter out exactly what the impact is on, you know, for, on your financial indicators from the downgrade versus from a worsening global environment or, you know, from other uncertainties as well. Difficult to pull it out. And of course, it just makes the market indicators much more highly, highly sensitive. So if we see a faster resolution than expected to the global crisis, and of course, if we obviously see global risk sentiment subside, then of course, we could obviously then see some recovery. But, you know, South Africa's not expected to return quickly to where it was pre-crisis levels, pre the COVID-19 crisis. And of course, you know, the concern is how quickly will we return? Well, it will depend very much what methods government takes from here. It will need to really evidence constraint in government expenditure going forwards if it actually wants to prevent us from seeing further substantial credit rating downgrades. In the absence of that, then unfortunately things could get quite a bit worse for South Africa. Yes, they could. And if they do get quite a bit worse for South Africa, do you think there's any chance that they're going to open the cupboard, get out the begging bowl, start polishing it up and go to the IMF? Any chance of that eventuality? Well, you know, going to the IMF for rescue, you know, going to the IMF for loans really only happens when you, you know, move into the C grade category. And of course, you know, we're talking today about us being um, really a BB plus now from Fitch and 
Moody's and of course being on BB from S&P, but of course the risk of moving to lower ratings, the risk of moving off this double B into the single B category. And then of course, after that comes the C grade category. So, you know, quite a few um, levels in the C grade category, but really, you know, once you're in there, then your, your, your likelihood of default which is, you know, a degrade becomes substantially higher. And of course, that's when you can, you know, realistically think that you would probably need to move to the IMF for loans. So the issue really with going to the IMF for a loan is that you tend to then, you know, come under administration by the IMF. And of course, you then go into fiscal austerity. I'm not too sure how that would go down from a socioeconomic perspective in South Africa. You know, obviously, it would be very negatively received. But of course, also as well, you know, that, that can actually have um, quite a substantial negative impact on the economy if you start seeing severe fiscal tightening. And of course, we haven't seen that. You know, we've seen, not seen an austerity budget um, from any of the budgets we've seen in recent years or, you know, even in, in recent history. And of course, you know, the IMF would look likely look to institute that. Annabel, great analysis, but depressing interview. Thank you very much for your time. That's Annabel Bishop, the Chief Economist at Investec in Johannesburg. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.